Section number 19 of Humorous Readings and Recitations. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Humorous Readings and Recitations. Edited by Leopold Wagner. Section 19. Married to a Giantess. By Walter Park. I loved her with all my heart, and indeed it took all my heart to accomplish the feat, for, in sooth, there was a great deal, a very great deal, of her to love. Although only sweet seventeen, she had reached the commanding stature of nine feet nine inches, and to use the words of a familiar advertisement, she was still growing. From my childhood I had doted on the gigantic, loved the lofty, admired the massive, and had a weakness for strength. The tales I best loved were those of giants. Can you wonder, then, that when I heard that the celebrated Samacrothian giantess, Golathena Immensikov, from the wilds of Walchia, the largest woman in the world, was approaching London, my soul was stirred by the news as by a trumpet call. I read with the deepest interest the accounts of her antecedents. I learnt how she was discovered in the wilds of Walachia by Whitley, the world's provider, who had taken her from the bosom of her family, and here I could not help exclaiming, what a stupendous bosom that family must have had! As I reclined on my sofa, smoking the largest possible meerschaum, and reading with absorbed interest the accounts of one who was certainly born to greatness, I suddenly came to a terrific and almost appalling resolve. Involuntarily I exclaimed loud, She shall be mine! Yet how could I hope for success? To win so great a being one must be not only a lady-killer, but a giant-killer also and though I bear a big name myself, Hector Gogmagog, nature has denied me either extraordinary personal attractions or lofty stature. How hopeless, then, for me to aspire to the affection of monumental maiden of Samocratia! Five feet five pitted against nine feet nine is to be pitted indeed but love laughs at obstacles. That evening I went to the Royal Escurial Theatre, where Mademoiselle Golathina was performing, and sat enthralled to witness her impersonation of the Queen of Brobdingag. The pictures had not exaggerated. She was every inch a queen, a phrase of some significance when the number of inches mounts up to one hundred and seventeen. The next step was to get an introduction. This I accomplished to my satisfaction, and though at first naturally overawed by her Levithian aspect, 
Thenceforward my wooing proceeded rapidly. I had several interviews with the colossal charmer, at which I had the satisfaction of discovering that I was more in her eyes than some other men who were nearer to herself in point of stature. Words of encouragement coming from those lips so near and yet so far away, words spoken in soft Walchian, yet in tones that Stentor might have envied, elevated me to the seventh heaven of pride and delight. I already felt taller by inches, but what was that to her nine feet nine? I sent her the very biggest bouquets, such as occupied a whole handsome cab each, love letters, their weight barely covered by eight stamps, and valentines that would only go by parcels delivery. All this had its effect. She would have been less than woman, instead of a very great deal more, had she been insensible to my devotion. Can I ever forget what the poet ecstatically calls the first kiss of love? How, at considerable inconvenience to herself, she bent that statuesque form to accommodate herself to my limited stature, that was, indeed, stooping to conquer. Yet with all this encouragement, it was in fear and trembling that I approached the momentous question. Fancy a refusal from those lips. It would be crushing indeed. Dearest Golathina, I said, standing upon the head of the sofa, in order to place myself upon something like her own exalted level. Say, oh, say you will be mine. You may be sure of my lifelong devotion. You will be all in all to me, and in fact, much more than all, for you are far too large to be merely my better half. I shall always make much of you, and look up to you as one infinitely above me. Fortunately, I have a large heart, but as you occupy it entirely, it would be perfectly impossible for me to find room for any other object. Were you to reject me, there would be immeasurable void in my life, and who else is capable of filling it? She was evidently affected for what the poet calls a big round tear, and goodness knows how big round tear it was in this case could be perceived starting from each of her moon-like eyes. I clasped her hand, which in point of length was a foot, and she did not withdraw it. Fondest Hector, she responded, I am thine. And she leant her head upon my shoulder. I staggered, but by the exertion of all my strength I was able for some moments to sustain the delicious burden. Our wedding took place before the registrar, who, being an, of a nervous temperament, was so overwhelmed at the towering dimensions of the bride that he could scarcely get through the ceremony. It was all as private as so abnormal an affair could possibly be kept, 
and for a time the famous female colossus figured no longer at the royal escurial as queen brobodingnag a substitute only six feet two inches having been provided marrying a giantess has its inconveniences i had to have a house built with exceptionally lofty rooms and doors ten feet high with furniture on a corresponding scale an ordinary carriage was of no use to my wife whose size also frightened the horses so we had a sort of triumphal car built drawn by a circus elephant it was expensive but an excellent advertisement in a theatrical sense she could never walk out without being mobbed and terrifying babies she dared not visit a friend's house for fear of frightening the children and destroying the furniture and fancy at her a dance moreover our housekeeping expenses were something frightful anon darker shadows hovered around our domestic sphere her temper proved to be at times uncertain at the least attempt to thwart any of her strange caprices she grew infuriated and when annoyed she had a way of putting me on the top of a high bookcase or locking me up in a cupboard box or trunk for i have said all our belongings were on a gigantic scale which was peculiarly humiliating about this time we became acquainted with morlock mastodon drum major to his highness the grand duke of samothracia the major though of small stature compared with my wife was considered a giant by ordinary men being seven feet ten in height my fondness for giants rendered him an eligible acquaintance to me mrs gog magog naturally took to one of her own gigantic species and the major was pleased to say that ours was the only comfortable and commodious house in england he meant the only one in which the doors were ten feet high and the chair seats four feet from the ground anyhow he soon made himself at home with us too much at home as i couldn't help thinking i didn't mind him and my wife being good friends but when in their gigantic loftiness they seemed to overlook me altogether i began to entertain natural feelings of jealousy besides the major owed me money large sums in proportion to his size which he had borrowed under the obviously false pretense that he was very short just now and seemed in no hurry to pay it back what could i do it was rather a risky thing to expatiate with a man of seven foot ten and to turn him out of the house would have been a task altogether beyond my physical strength at all events i could resolve that he should never enter it again and i gave strict injunctions that always in future when major mastodon called there was to be nobody at home moreover i actually summoned up courage to tell my wife of my resolution 
and even to remonstrate with her upon her own demeanour towards the gallant and gigantic major then she got into a rage and such a rage heavens what had i done what would become of me i was as one who had called down upon his devoted head the wrath of the gods or of the titans she drew herself up to her full height of nearly ten feet her eyes glared like those of a demonic and grasped my arm in her herculean clutch she lifted me bodily from the ground hands off i exclaimed struggling hit one your own size my own size she thundered in a contralto profondo voice that shook the very roof where am i to find em the only person approximating to my own size you have forbidden the house you you dare try and control my actions you whom i could crush like a blue bottle attempt to dictate to me i will stand this no longer you have offended me once too often you die beware fearful female i gasped colossal as you are the arm of the law is still longer and even stronger than yours kill me and you will assuredly die for it she gave a laugh of scorn me she cried do you believe they would hang me no i am above all laws and i have sworn that you shall die and in spite of all my struggles she flung me as easily as if i had been a doll right out of the third-story window down i fell down down till i found myself on the floor i had tumbled off the sofa and so awakened from my terrific dream heavens what a relief to find that after all i was not married to a giantess that it was all a vision due to my falling asleep over the advertisement and that mademoiselle gothelina was but a gigantic nightmare end of section nineteen recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c